Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, we got the Dolphins getting back to 500. The Heat are struggling to find consistency. The Panthers use time off to get healthy. Boxing sees an amazing knockout. And we got the top five moments of the Sports with So-So podcast for 2021. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. to warm up first and then i get crazy with it i mean we don't just go show up and play we gotta stretch a little bit you know get it right what's going on so what's going on brother happy holidays we're there likewise brother almost time to end the 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 year oh my goodness it's that time of year bro i can't believe we made it this is right (laughs) this is a spoiler alert and not not a spider-man spoiler not a spider-man spoiler don't want none of those please i gotta stay off instagram because of that (laughs) but uh spoiler alert this is the last episode of the year yep the last one for 2021, um, bro, I feel like this year has flown by for the yeah. podcast. We we started off oof, rough. <laughs> I mean, rough at the beginning of the, the year, we were still recording here. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think we were still recording off like the laptop or the computers and Correct. stuff, right? Correct. We were using the laptop and the Pro Tools. and feels like so long ago. It does. But it was really just the beginning of this year. Yeah, man. And, and it's dope to see... How far we've come, right, as a little podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, how much we've been able to grow the show, interact with the with the people who like to listen to the, to the we, show. We got a little, you little know, following. Yeah, man. And we just made, like, I know you saw it on Sunday. We made a little bit of noise on the Twitter spaces. So oh, yeah. I feel like we're expanding in the right areas that we need to get to in order to keep this momentum going and interacting with the people that we want to interact with, which is you guys, the listeners and the, and the people who, you know, support the show for sure. Um, talking about Twitter Spaces, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, Sports with Social Podcast. We're now, gonna, if you don't know what that is, yes, because I, I I'm new to this whole thing. But essentially, it's it's chat rooms, right? It's like vocal Correct. chat rooms on Twitter. So all you have to do is have a Twitter account. That's it. And whenever you see, you got to subscribe, right? Follow us up, Sports with Social. And whenever That's you it. see Soso and I going into any kind of uh, spaces to discuss whatever game is going on or right. uh, whatever sporting event is going on. You just tap in, and you can listen to what we're talking about, and you can even join in. Exactly, and we'll be able to really communicate with the people who are watching sports as we watch them, right? You know, you guys watch the Panthers, watching the Heat games, watching the Dolphins games. So we're going to try to do more, especially in this time off that we're going to have these next two weeks to find new ways to interact with you guys and get this going. And the cool thing about the Twitter space is that um, it's not something that you have to go and find, right? Once you log into Twitter, it's going to be right at the top of your page. It'll say Sports with Social Podcast is hosting the Twitter space. Click here to join it now. And then once you're in there, you guys can listen to what we're talking about and, you know, request to chime in. And then we'll allow you guys to speak and and just you know, vibe, man. Do, it's awesome. Do I it love on Twitter, it. man, and, and watch sports together and get those type of opinions that that are, are lacking from that daily interaction, yep. right? Yep. So that's the move. Um, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, like I said, and tell a friend to tell a friend to follow us on Twitter, too. Um, and something else that we got to announce, you know, coming in 2022, we're going to have more merch dropping. Oh, you know? yeah. It's crazy. Like, they won't be as nice as this. I'm lying. We may be able to hook you up. You know who you are. Um, but we're definitely going to be able to drop a lot more merch that has a lot of phrases that we use on the show. Pizza Mañana, 
Uh, it's your boy So So, in case you ain't know So, like all of that. You know, tell a friend to tell a friend. We're going to put all of that stuff out there in different ways where we can continue to spread the word, the good word of the Sports with So So podcast. <laughs> Preach. Pre- hey, Preach. Well, so, hey, whatever is needed, you know, whatever is needed. And, but yeah, that's something that we want to do again to further the interaction that we have with you guys, further the interaction that we're able to build and really turn this into a space where. People can eventually listen to the show, get ideas, see us on IG Live, see us on the Twitter spaces and interact We, we want to come at you from every different angle, so yeah, you man. cannot avoid us. No. It's like that person that you're trying to avoid and you just keep running into them everywhere, at the grocery store, at the post office, at the doctor. It's just they're there. That's going to be us. That's going to be us on Twitter, on Instagram, <laughs> on YouTube, on TikTok. You know, we got to step the, the TikTok yeah, game man. up, so. I got it. I got it. I'm working on that too for 2022, man. That's I'm working it. on it. I'm working on it. But we, we've come a long way, man. We've come a long way this year. 2021 was a big year for, for the podcast, man. For sure. And, and I'm, I'm happy and I'm proud to be a part of it, Doug. No doubt, bro. Me too, man. And um, we're going to get to those top five moments that we have la- later on in the show, right? Um, you said coming a long way and I feel like the Dolphins fit that narrative to a to a T, right? Like these guys started one and seven. Now they've won six straight games. In the playoff hunt, finally back to 500. There's a lot going on within that Dolphins team. A that, lot. Like a lot, right? <laughs> There's a lot. People out with COVID. Duke Johnson is on the team. Jalen like, Waddle. Jalen Waddle's out with COVID. Victor Holland comes comes back from COVID. Javon Holland. Javon Holland comes back from it, has an injury, can't make the game squad, game day squad. It's like adversity that we're not accustomed to seeing right for the dolphins to overcome right because they've hit they've been hit with adversity before yeah. and we lost two <clears throat> well every year is is adversity for us yes but more specifically <laughs> this year <laughs> more specifically this year because when we lost two it was like shit now we got to go to our backup plan and i don't know if the if we were ready to go to our backup plan and that much is evident because of how we played throughout that stretch where he was gone right you know what i'm saying and like for now for us to be in a spot where other teams are noticing, like, damn, Dolphins aren't an easy win. Uh, other teams are game planning against our guys, trying to find different schemes to stop a Jalen Phillips, to stop a Baker, to stop a Chris Wilkins. It's it's getting interesting for the Dolphins fans right now because what we're seeing is a product that shows promise, right, is heading in the right direction and can ultimately – Provide some type of entertainment on Sundays and win games on top of that. Most importantly, win games. Most importantly, right? Seven and seven on the season. Um, reset. We reset. We really did. Reset. Literally, this is now, this season is no longer 17, 17 games. This is a three game season. Correct. We're back to 500. The, we're in the hunt for the playoffs. Which is which weird. Two weeks ago, you know, three weeks ago, we said there was no shot. We just want to finish out the year strong. Correct. Now it's like, we may control our own destiny here with a couple other things that need to fall into place, but for the most part, we just need to win. And we have three games that are tough, tough for the games. most part. We have we're, you know we have the New Orleans Saints on are, Monday night, who just beat the defending Super Bowl champion yep. um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not just beat them and shut them out at home, shut them out at home. Didn't even score a touchdown, three field goals. Yeah. That's all they need. That's and all they needed. Not Good not night. a fantastic uh, football team right now on offense. They're kind of lacking. But Number all around, defense, <laughs> they're, they're, all around, they're, they're lifted up by their defense. And if they can do that to them, the Dolphins, you know, we gotta we gotta tighten up. We also have the Titans. 
Correct, another AFC monster. Yep, they're you know they're supposed to have Derrick Henry back. Sheesh. That's that's not going to be an easy one. And then as we all on know, on the road, after yep, New on Year's. the road, and then everybody knows the lingering, uh, you nice know, home matchup against the menace Pats. out there in the distance, you know, in the Patriots, the Bill Belichick's, yeah, <laughs> and they're just waiting for us at the end. They're like, yeah, if you this this division still runs through New England, yeah, for Fletcher's sure. As everybody thought it ran through Buffalo, it runs through New England still. Well, as long as Bill the, Belichick is there. The highway splits into two ways there because it goes through Buffalo or through New England. In order for, for the Dolphins to have any real shot of making the playoffs, one of those two teams are going to have to falter in front of them. It's right? looking like the Bills, though. The Bills are the, the ones falling apart. They're not looking so great. You know, granted, they had a, a, a good bounce-back victory for themselves this, this Sunday. But, you know, I'm sure they're looking at, just like any other team, they're looking at the Dolphins as a team who's – has a lot of momentum behind them, right? Is figuring things out that is allowing them to win games. And not only regular games where they're blowing teams out the water because we don't see that, but they're finding ways to win games, overcome turnovers, overcome, uh, you know, bad decision-making on either referee's part or Coach Flores' part. They're finding a way to win games, and that makes us dangerous, man, because then you you have that other team starting to doubt themselves if they're going to be able to get the job done against us, right? Because for all intents and purposes, we were favored in this game against the Jets, and we should have been, obviously, right? Right. At home, you know, we have a better record. We're, we're steamrolling people right now, and the Jets are, you know, the Jets. they've been dealing with injuries. They don't have a great team. They don't they don't have a lot of uh, good players. So we it was expected we were going to be favored, Correct, but it's and always a, it's always a tough when it's a division game. It's always going to be interesting. Always going to be interesting, interesting, and you can throw those records and whatever else out the window because it just becomes a hardcore, tough nosed AFC East football game, right? And you know, we only ended up winning by seven. I, I called for thirty one points. We got thirty one points, but our defense allowed twenty four points. Two yeah. early touchdowns. Well, in the first no, quarter. no. Well, our defense didn't allow those points actually because Tua threw a pick six. Yeah, he threw, uh, threw a pick six. We'll get to that in a second, but and I just got to shout that out. That what that's not on the defense. That touchdown. Sure. So no, and I feel like the story of that game, right? Was the running game, and obviously it was led by Duke Johnson. Oh my goodness! Killed carries. me in fantasy, dude. I, I wish I would have known that. I would have picked him up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, a lot. Of I had Miles Gaskin, who was coming back off the COVID Oof. IR list, and he he didn't. He, I mean, Duke just dominated that he run. Just game. Took over, man. And again, he we ran saw, hard. He ran hard, and and you can tell that they were feeding him the ball. 22 carries, 107 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns on the day. Um, that that 107 is a career high for him, by the way. He went out there and, and proved to the Dolphins, this is why you signed me. This is why you took a chance, and I'm going to repay you by giving you everything I got. That guy was a workhorse yesterday for the for the Dolphins. Yeah. He really was. And that 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 ability to run the ball against a team like the Jets really set the pace and the tone and the tempo for the game. And if Tua hadn't thrown the, that early interception, oh my goodness. I felt like the Dolphins probably would have been able to put a lot more points on the board and, and create some separation from the Jets. But when you beat yourself, as we know personally, right? Mm-hmm. At, when you beat yourself on the football field, you give yourself a harder chance to make it back. Thankfully, the Dolphins show that they have that grit, and they did end up coming back in that game and taking a lead. But the beginning was not pretty, man. It was not pretty. No, that early interception by Tua, it was like, oh shit, here we go. I mean, this this was he he just it was just a very very um, rookie mistake, you know, for him to throw that pick right in the middle of the field and not see the safety dropping down. 
So it, it was it was disappointing to see that, but it's good to see us being able to bounce back. You know, the defense yeah. now can get us back in; they can get a stop. Our offense can you know learn from that mistake and move forward. But then you know we go up, and then you know they're they're down late in the game, and we have the ball back, and uh, we go ahead and throw a pick six, and again beat ourselves, let them right back in the game. So now it's like all right, now our defense needs to be on our toes, and our offense also has to produce when they get back on the field, which luckily we did again for a sixth time in a row. But, you know, you, you can't help but wonder these next three games, are we going to get away with that? Absolutely not, man. There's no way because the those three teams that we talked about, the Pats, the Titans, and the Saints, they technically still have a shot to make the playoffs, all of them, right? I don't know about the Saints. I don't. I, I, the Saints may or may not be in it depending on the rest of the games. I don't how they know. Check out. Cause Cause that, the NFC is whack. That division's whack. Like, it's right. just the Bucks are in it, the, the Saints are in it, the Falcons are in it, and right. I think the Panthers are in it too. Yeah, so like, and I think the Bucks got that locked. So they might want to be, be be fighting for maybe maybe a wild card. Again, spot. they're in. They're one of those teams that are in the hunt, right? Yeah, yeah. Technically, they need to win games. They need to win out in order to give themselves a real chance, just like we do. So now we're facing an opponent in our next game Monday night, where they're coming in just as hungry, just as focused, just as prepared in order to win that game. But back to the, this win against the Jets, for me, a couple of things stood out, right? Um, I know I haven't been giving this guy the easiest of times, but I really felt like Devontae Parker kind of stepped up. Huge. In he, that game. He stepped up big. He had some big catches. He had that touchdown grab. Um, I think it was four for 68 with the touchdowns. Um, he had eight targets on the day, so they were looking for him. He only came I mean, out with those four catches. Whatever, but they were big, impactful catches when he did make them. So I got to I gotta give we, him that. But he rightfully so, he had to do that with Waddle being out of the Correct. game. We needed to rely on him like Correct. that, you know? I'm and not surprised that he got that. didn't have a great day either. Uh, you know, I kind of expected a little bit more from him. Yeah. He needed to step up. That would have been the day to really help out in the middle of the field, right? Like Tua needed, usually looks for. And for whatever reason, call it game planning, call it good coverage, good defense. They just took Gaseki out the game, it felt like, for the most part. And the offense would have really been in trouble had it not been for Duke doing his thing. A hundred percent. Right? A hundred percent. If that doesn't happen, we lose that game. Yeah. If, the, yeah. if we don't get that, that ground game, we, we completely lose that game to the Jets, man. Yeah. And, and that, that would have been our season right there. And let me tell this, you. If we lose to the Jets right there. I think for sure it would have ended the season for the Dolphins or at least any hopes of, of making the playoffs, yep. right? Um, we saw, like you said, the defense actually step up and – Rise above all those negative things being thrown upon them, right? Where they don't even get a chance to really sit down and rest because the offense wasn't able to generate long drive after long drive. Um, you still got big plays from Ziegler. You still got big plays from Jerome Baker, right? He had two sacks on the day, especially his second one in the fourth quarter. Super important to stop him on a third down. Those are plays that really don't get looked at too often, right? Right, But when when they happen during the game, you're like, yeah, big play. We needed that. The rest of the game happens. You're like, oh, you forget totally about forget, that. You totally forget about that. But those are the plays that the defense makes, 100%. right? Game in, game out during this, this six-game winning streak that has allowed the Dolphins to win games, right? And allowed the offense to do their thing or get another chance to make up for a play, right? Um and like I said, I, I really had to shout out uh, Zach Z Ziegler um, because he, you know, really put his emphasis in the game. Um, I noticed him and like and Chris really dominating that that front offensive line for the Jets and just pushing back on every play, um, allowing the linebackers to come in and make tackles, allow pushing guys to the side where they were trying to run and. 
he really put in a, a, a hard day's work, man, next to Chris Wilkins. And that's not that's not easy because you know that most of the times you're getting doubled and triple team when you're lining up next to Chris Wilkins and you got to face those three guys, four guys every now and then. Shout out to Chris Wilkins too, by the way. Huge, not just doing it and getting it done on the defensive side of the ball, but <laughs> out of the backfield, fullback, what a, out in the end zone, just what a dive and bro. what a celebration! He goes up, An he does the, the Lambo leap to the four fans the that were sitting in that dive. section. They call it the Dolphins dive. On yeah, but you know everybody knows that as the <laughs> Lambo, Lambo leap, leap, you know for sure. But with the, all four fans that were sitting in that could afford to sit in that section, right? Yeah, and then. He goes into the end zone and does the best worm I've seen since like '06, bro. <laughs> I swear, bro. I, I, that was I wrote it down. Moment of the game, yeah. Chris Wilkins celebration. Not even the touchdown, just the celebration. Bro, it was. I love was that guy's epic. energy, bro. That guy deserves it all, bro. That guy is is like one of our leaders on that defense, dude. Just because of like how hype and happy he is for somebody else to make a play, and he doesn't stop giving it his all on every single play. He is the ultimate teammate. Yeah. He is the ultimate positive. You see it. You know, you see it that he's enjoying playing the game, whether we're losing, whether we're winning. He's out there having fun, having an impact, making big plays, allowing other guys to make big plays because he's taking on an extra defender or whatnot. And even still, he's hyping up everybody on his defense and the guys on offense. Tua scores a touchdown, and he's the first one to run up to him and be like, ah, let's go. Let's go. And he's like, dude, go get ready for defense. But that's the type of player he is. And I feel like that energy is needed. And the defense really feeds off of that kid, man. And I'm just so happy to have him and, and have such a young defense, right? When Xavier Howard is the old man and Byron Jones are the old man, you got Agba, who's the old man. Yep. When, and they're not really that old, no. you know? When they're the old man on the squad, that's how you know you got a, a real promising defense. And this defense has really been the backbone of the winning streak, for sure. <clears throat> they got a tough task ahead, man. Yeah, so they're, they're going to have the they're gonna have the main stage here Monday night. You talked about a Monday night game, yep. right? And we have, uh, 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 you know, our last game. It's just I keep talking about that one just because that last game, I know there's going to be so much emphasis on that game. Not just, you know, even if we're out of it for the, for the Patriots' sake, right? Correct. There's probably playoff inf- implications for them as far as seeding and, and home field advantage and all that. So we're still going to want, you know, whatever happens in these next two, that's going to be, you know, the biggest one that we have planned for. We're probably making a game plan for that game already um, to some extent. So look. New Orleans is seven and seven. We're seven and seven. So mm. this is a playoff game for us mm. on Monday, right? Okay. Then I didn't, after I didn't that, know that they were okay. So they were. Yeah, they're, that they're, win was huge for them last huge. night. Huge. You know, if not like just for <clears> us, <throat> if we lose to the Jets, season's over. They lose right. to the to the Bucks, season's over. Right. So now we're both seven and seven heading heading into a pivotal playoff potential matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Following week, let's say we get through the Saints, right? Hoping that we do. Now we're eight and seven. Now we're eight and seven playing uh whatever. And right now at the moment, the Titans are nine and five. And the Patriots are nine and five. Are the Patriots the? I mean, I'm sorry, the Titans are leading their division though. Yeah, I want to say that. And the Colts are only one game behind. Yeah. So again, pressure to win games, right? Mm. Colts, uh, Tennessee has to win this next week and and show up into our matchup ten and five, and then we'd be eight and seven playing the ten and five team, hoping to get into the playoffs. It's not an easy task. No, Go ahead. not at all. Thankfully, thankfully, this little stat that I have right here in my back pocket. Has a little bit of promise and okay. gives us a glimmer of hope. What's the stat? Offensive or defensive? It's 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 just a record. Or, oh, okay. okay. Right. I like that. Brian Flores, eighteen and seven after Halloween in his in his career as a Dolphins head coach. Eighteen and seven. Eighteen and seven. So that means that after October thirty first, this guy knows how to win games and really put the pedal to the metal to finish finish out strong. 
leads me to believe that we're a second half team and he's a second half coach of the season. Who knows? But the stats are what they are, and he's 18 and 7, including this year. Mm. If he can keep it rolling and win this game against the Saints, I would feel a lot more confident going into that Titans game and saying, at least we oh, got a shot. Absolutely. We got a real shot because these guys are, are rolling. We've won seven games in a row now. Like, people are healthy. Even if they have Derrick Henry, I, I'd give us a shot. Not a the huge Saints shot. Or the Titans? Titans. We get, okay. through the, we get through the Saints. We show up to that Titans yeah, game, yeah, eight yeah. and seven. Yeah. Healthy, no big injuries. Yeah, I'm feeling confident going into that game. I'm not saying that we're winning that game straight out, but right. I'm feeling confident. But we got, a, we got a good shot. Yeah, man. And, and and I think we got a good shot against the Saints too, man. Seven and seven, like I said, they're 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 trying to make the playoffs just like we are. But I just feel like defensively, the two teams are even. It's gonna be who can go out there and execute plays without making the big turnovers. And that's huge because we need Tua to play a perfect, clean game. That, that game. That's what I was going to say it comes down to. I think our defense right now is primed. I think they're in that that form where we need them to be. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to come down to the QB mistakes, man. Tua, Tua cannot do what he what he did this past Sunday, man. That, that one over the middle, you know, that got picked. There was a multitude of passes that he threw over the middle that were tipped up in the air that could have potentially been intercepted mm-hmm. that weren't. And then the the you know the defender jumping the route on that out route on the receiver for the pick six. I mean, yeah, you, can't, you gotta you gotta you, know better. You than gotta that. see that. You, you gotta know. You better gotta read that. that the whole way, dude. You cannot do that against the Patriots. You cannot do that against the Saints. You can't do that. Period in the NFL and get away with it. No, you, know? you can't do that. You're not gonna be able to just try to throw uh, whatever lazy pass to the outside. No nope. shot. That's not gonna happen. You know. But if Tua can play cleanly like we've seen. That's definitely going to give the Dolphins any shot in the game to win. So hopefully against this Saints matchup, we'll get that. You know, again, Monday Night Football, we won't be recording, but we'll probably be doing the spaces. So look out for that, guys. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Join the conversation. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Let's talk about the Heat for a moment, man, because it's been a real roller coaster. It feels like we've lost a lot of games with these guys (sighs) out. But since Jimmy has been out, since Bam has been out, we've only been a 500 team. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, it just feels like we lose more because of the expectations that we have for the squad. Right. But the squad is really holding its own. Considering. We're, considering. All the, things considered. You know, the big pieces that are missing. Right. And it's like we've been mentioning on social media, IG, Twitter, the unlikely heroes. And every yeah. game, it's like we're getting a new one and somebody else is stepping up. Yep. Max Drews has 56 points in two games. Like, who is that guy? Hmm. <laughs> right? I just I talk about stats. Yeah, dude. Eight for ten. Nasty. Against the Orlando Magic. Nasty three points. Shots. Huge. Nasty. Huge. And we needed all of it. Right? Of course. We needed somebody to step up and bring that offensive game to say, all right, this is what it's going to take to beat Orlando. So we beat Orlando 115 to 105, right? We have that big Matt Strews game. That game, though, real quick. We were down at the beginning of the first quarter, yep. 18 to 8. Yep. Right? A rough, rough. Duncan start. Robinson, I just want to note this. Duncan Robinson attributed two three pointers. We had Cal Lowry throw down a three pointer, and then we had a putback layup by Deadman. We went on an 11 and 0 run to go 19 to 18. All right. Two things happened after that. The Miami Heat never looked back. Yep. We ran away with it. We never let them get back in the game, and we won. Duncan Robinson was never to be found again. <laughs> Those two threes that he had. So, look at me. Those two threes that he had to help us out in that little run was the only thing yeah, he did all, all game, son. That's all I got, B. 90 mil, homie. 
I'm getting upset already now. Chill, chill, now chill. I'm getting upset. Dog. Chill, chill, chill. But I, I feel you. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from because I myself find myself find myself frustrating watching him because it's not like he's getting bad looks. No, real good. Yes, looks, right. And I and, and this is the problem when you set expectations so high. At that Curry level that he was shooting, right? Because everybody loves to drop that stat. Oh, his percentages is up there with Curry. And the amount of makes per game is up there. And it's like, all right, shit. This guy is a Curry-type player. Curry slumped. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but Curry <coughs> slumps are 25 points. Yeah. No, I'm talking That's about like a, like a shooting you know, slump that he'll go through. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll still, go through them. but And he's still averaging, finding a way to score 25 points. And he still he still finds a way to turn it around and then go on streaks. We haven't seen a crazy streak Bingo. from, from Duncan. Duncan, dog. Like a crazy, like, yo, he's 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 80, or not 80, I'm sorry, that's a little outlandish, but he's 50, 60% from three-pointer over the last 10 games. So, yeah, something, 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 something like, like that, that that you're like, oh, wow, that's that's actually, that's really impressive. Yeah, for sure. And and again, the expectation is up there because of the stats, because of the 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 work that he's shown already. And then uh, you add on top of that that heavy ass price tag, that just makes the the put that weight on his shoulders even more so to be like, bro, you got to produce. Especially knowing that Jimmy's out, Bam's out, uh, Lowry's not really shooting as much. We're, we're Hero, kinda, heroes heroes out. out. Like we're struggling to <clears throat> find some type of offensive rhythm. Duncan has to be the one who leads us or at least takes a, a command and say, you know what, I'm just going to find my rhythm and find a way to get started early and keep shooting. That game against against Orlando and even the game that we lost against the Pistons, it was rough to see him, again, shoot, bro, because he's shooting and you can just like see the little bit of confidence draining from him over and over again, over and over again. And, and at that point, it's like, all right, you know, how much longer do you wait before you start to cut his minutes and say, I got to give it to Martin. I got to give it to Struess. I got to give it to Gabe Vincent, right? Those unlikely heroes that we've been counting on and have actually been stepping up as of late to help the team win and continue to win and stay afloat. We can't, we it can't. It becomes a part of the, the, the question, right, for Spo. Like, 100%. What, how far do I let Duncan go? <clears throat> we, and we, we're not completely, you know, no, we're trying not, to bash him by right. any means, right? Because we got to go back to the, to the first game in this whole series since our last episode which was on Wednesday against the 76ers, right? We beat right. them 101 to 96. And uh, Duncan had 21 points and eight rebounds in that game off 39 minutes. Really good production there. So we know he can do it. Our problem is that he's not doing it night in and night out like we think he can do, right? Because then then after that that game that he puts up 21, and he goes into Orlando, has those two three-pointers. That's it. That's all he did all game. And then we lose against the Pistons, and where is he at in that game? Nowhere, nowhere to be found. Missing so three. that's the that's the kind of streakiness that we don't not that we don't want. We want the positive streaks, right? We want you. Oh, this guy shot five three pointers tonight. Yo, he shot six three pointers tonight. All right, tonight he only got four, but he also had you know six free throws, eight free throws, which he never gets. Bro, that's the type of aggression that I I think is lacking in this game, right? Because yeah. you see Gabe Vincent in the game against Orlando, right? Gabe Vincent goes in there, he has twenty seven points, ten of twenty from the field, right? With four of eleven shooting from three point with four assists. This dude is trying to make an impact, right? When all, he gets his minutes, he's like, I gotta put maximum effort. I'm going one hundred and ten miles per hour. I'm trying to push this thing to the limit. And do what I got to do in order to help the team. I don't feel like we're getting that from Duncan, right? Duncan just feels like, I just need to hit a couple of threes to get going, and then I'll be on. Nah, bro, you need to get aggressive and say, I'm going to shoot this three, walking it down. Boom. 
right? Oh, we're fresh into a shot clock. I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to shoot from here. Oh, this dude ain't checking me. I'm going to shoot it. That's how you build your confidence when you're going through a streak where you're not making the shots that you're accustomed to making. You have to force the action. You have to have some type of aggression. And we see it with the Unlikely Hero Club. That's trademarked. Um, the Unlikely Hero Club, which is <laughs> Gabe Vincent, Max Struz, Struz uh, uh, Caleb Martin, Caleb Martin, and even Deadman. Right, I'll put him in that in that club too. Those are guys that night in, night out, you don't know what you're gonna get from one of those four, but you know that you're gonna get a hard ass effort from all of yeah. them. Right, stats they're, gonna, wise, they're gonna leave it all out there. Right, stats wise, you, that's the gamble. Whatever comes out of there, 15 points for this guy, 12 for this, 12 rebounds for Deadman, whatever. But you know that the effort from those four guys, especially coming off the bench and Deadman when he's starting, um, is gonna be at the highest level for the entire game. Right. I feel like people need to match that energy, you know? Like, Lowry, man, I, you know, I don't want to call him out, but I, I need him to step up in this moment, too, and be more aggressive. You know, he was another one that took a lot of shots in that game against Detroit, especially towards the end where we're trying to come back. But when you're 3 of 12 and 2 of 9 from the 3, that's not it. Granted, he went, I think, 11 of, uh, 11 of 16 from the free throw line. That's where he got 11 of his 19 points. You're still struggling. Right. You're still struggling, you know? Two for nine from three, that's not pretty. That's, that's not pretty. And, again, I, I like the aggression, but you need to be the more consistent one on that team when it comes to the offense, right? Because you have the ball in your hand a majority of the time, and you get to dictate where you want to go or how the flow is going to run through you. Uh, it's just stuff that I see that I'm like, damn, these guys' jobs get way harder because we don't have a Jimmy, because we don't have a hero, because we don't have Bam. Um, thankfully, like it's getting closer and closer to getting Jimmy back. It looks like he's going to be practicing within the next week, you know, with all this Christmas holiday, extra time off. Um, the, the schedule is not going to be as cramped. Um, that's going to bode well for that Jimmy to make the bounce back in early January. We need it, man. And then hopefully Bam is back by late January, February. I haven't seen him working out, but I, I hear good things that he's progressing a lot quicker than what they thought. And... Fingers crossed, if it all lines up, we'll have Jimmy, we'll have Bam, and hopefully Oladipo. Oof, man. That'd be He's nice to get all three card. all three of them, like, healthy, like, ready to go, like, you know, January, February, right before the All-Star break, get a few games in, and then All-Star break, come back, and then just make a run for those playoffs, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy to think, but he's that big of a wild card for us right where it's like he's the difference in between us finishing you know for sure top three in the eastern conference or at least making it to the eastern conference finals right and winning it possibly he's that difference maker because if we have a guy like him like we're used to then that just means we're even more dangerous but it's such a risk because he's injury prone prone, man he didn't really acclimate to the offense when he got here so it's gonna he take hasn't some played time with any, any of these guys not only that dog like it's just he didn't it didn't click for him when he got here immediately you know and i don't know if it was the 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 mentality behind the injury or whether or not he was injured already we don't know um but just the fact that he it didn't click for him off rip leads me to believe like he's gonna need time to develop, to develop like some type of chemistry with the guys who are already running and gunning. Right. Because if you think about it, theoretically, once Jimmy comes back, Heroes comes his back, um, Bam is back. All these guys get pushed back into their bench roles, right, where their minutes are here, and then 
Oladipa has to find a way to creep into that type of lineup where he's playing with the Struess, he's playing with the Gabe Vincent. Now you're sharing a court with Deadman or Omer. You know what I mean? Like, we still haven't gotten uh, the Markeith back, uh, the other Morris twin brother. Guys that we we need to count on. We went to the G League, man. We went and got you know? a guy named uh, Garrett, something Sheesh. something Garrett, you know, for that last game against the Pistons just because we're so spread thin, yep. you know, with everything going on. So No, and um, that's cool that the NBA allowed teams to do that, you know, because usually it's against the rules for them to have a certain amount of players. But obviously with all these COVID yeah, protocols exactly. and stuff like that, they got to do it. They loosened it up, man. <clears throat> and let we me tell you that that game against the Magic that we won, you know, it was great. Great game, you know, Max Strews balled Neither. out. Pizza mañana. <laughs> at the end of the day, that game, um, we won that game because not because they were thinner than we were. We were yeah. already thin. Yeah. But they're they're without so many of their guys right now that, you know, it, it's it hard. Was, it's tough, man. It's tough to, to do, you know, full NBA game with just a certain amount of guys, a certain limited amount of guys, guys that aren't used to performing at a high level night in and night out for 48 Correct. minutes. Correct. So and, and and there's no break, you know, because yeah, that he went two and two on their recent road trip, right? Which is okay. Especially 500 with, without our stars. With all that included. You know <clears throat> I'll take I mean? it. You'll, I'll you'll, take it. Anybody would, right? You go 500 on the road, that's always a win. Um, but now we get three straight home games. We get Indiana, who's 13 and 18. Um, they're 2-2 two and two in their last four. We get the Detroit Pistons, who are 5-24. and 24. A Terrible team. They've only won two road games. Like, that's a dub for us. And we got to get... And then again, we play Orlando to close out that home streak. Who They're 6-25. and 25. Again, another bad yep. team. This is a real good little stretch for the Heat to find some type of, I want to say, like home cooking, right? Where they get comfortable. Everybody, Duncan shoots better because we're playing at home. Uh, Struess and, and Gabe and Martin feel more comfortable because we're playing at home and the fans are behind them. And we win this entire home, like, home stand that we got. We need to win these three games, honestly, because the Heat being 18 and 13 on the season, it's good. It's not. It's not where we need to be. It's not where we should be, bro. Not, not that. If we were healthy, what do yeah, you think? What do you? If we had everybody, what do you think our record, our true record, would be right now? Uh, we're probably looking at maybe nine losses, seven losses, and then you flip that down to the other way. That's twenty something wins. I'm thinking like twenty four and seven. Yeah, maybe somewhere around maybe, there. Right? Maybe uh, single digit losses, but definitely in the twenties for wins, right? Because we wouldn't have lost some ugly games that we've lost. But more importantly. Just to have the consistency, right? Because it's like you and I talked about. We want the Heat to be able to run three games in a row, four games in a row, five games in a row of winning, and then lose a game here and there occasionally. To a tough opponent to on the road or something like on that. road or uh, at home on the back-to-back, yeah. something like that. A close okay. game, an overtime game. But let's get winning streaks involved. This homestand is the perfect little, like, setup for that, right? No, you and, get three games that you can definitely win. And with the opponents that we have, I mean. Starting Tuesday, Against the Pacers, you got to win that game, yep. man. You got to win that game. You got to win that game. Do the Heat play on Christmas Day, sir? Uh, don't think so. I don't they think so either, cut. man. They we have cut this year, whatever for whatever reason. Because it's not like we ha- we don't have superstars on the team, right? I mean, well, they're all hurt right now, so yeah, whatever, bro. You got like, don't get me started. They don't, don't want to. They don't want to. I, I got you started, dog. Say how pro- you feel. That's the what problem we do this is for. the problem is that there's a, a media bias against the Heat and any Miami team. They Miami. hate on the Kings. Not just the Heat. They hate on the Dolphins. They hate on the Panthers. They hate on the Heat. Like there's just a bunch it of is. haters. They hate on the, and they don't hate on the Marlins enough because the Marlins are still coming up. But if the Marlins were a good team, you best believe <laughs> that the national media would be hating on the. 
Martin Stewart and Derek Jeter and whatever they got going on. It's like South Florida sports or shadow band or something to the world. Oh, hey, they hate us from like stuff we were doing to the nation in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, in the 90s and 2000s. Like, get over it. We're just wind down here. It happens. <laughs> you know, get used to it. Mm. But whatever. I told you not to get me started. Though. Hey, bro. Jeez. That's what we do this for. All right. We do it for that. Um, I want to talk Panthers real quick only because they've had their last couple of games postponed. Right, and I felt like that was a perfect break for them. They had lost three games in a row. Oh my god! And right? what, talk about an ugly loss. Ugly loss. One of our worst to Ottawa, bro. We lost eight, eight to, two. to two, dude. Sheesh. Holy sheesh! That's bad. That's yeah. That's the worst score uh, goal differential I think that they had all season. All season, yeah, all season. And then you follow that ass whooping up with another ass whooping by the LA Kings when you lose four to one. Nah, that's they, not like them. It's not. And I feel like the injuries were starting to catch up to the Panthers. And these last two games that got postponed because of COVID and restrictions between flying into Canada and, and that whole jazz, like, with that happening, it was a huge break for them. They needed it. They needed to get all their players healthy. They needed to run some practices. They needed to watch some film and, and sit down and talk to the coaches and say, yo, where do we need to improve? Because... Like you said, they weren't playing Panthers hockey like we've seen. I'll tell right? you where they need to improve, Doug. Where's that? Goalkeeping, man. Yeah. We're lacking right now hard. And we have good goalies. But they're they're going they're going through a rough stretch right now. Yes. And and not you, just not just Spencer Knight. No. Barbovsky Bar, 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 too. Yeah. But that's because Again, we're we're taking on so many extra shots. I, I mentioned it on the last podcast how we're we're get, we're averaging so many shots against us. Um, we're really not killing penalties. We're still struggling when it comes to that. So we're giving up advantages whenever we're giving up the goals. Mostly when we're at a disadvantage, it's hardly coming in the five on five regular play. It's usually when we're in a penalty situation and teams are have that extra man on ice. And now we're facing an extra five, six, seven shots. Yeah, any goal is, is going to find it hard to survive that and really come out with, like, hard to come out with shutouts or keeping teams under two goals in a, in a league where there's more goals than ever been before scoring left and right. But they got to find a way to, to play better, right? Because we know that the level of, of talent is there, but we just need the players around the goalies to play better. I don't think it's just solely on the goalies, right? It's the defensemen in front of them that are not doing a, a good enough job of clearing out those potential um, downfalls, let's say, right, of having guys cut in behind the net, um, having people make quick passes, cutting behind them without even seeing them. Those are things that really hurt the goalie because you leave them vulnerable. Right, and, right. and it's so fast. That game is so fast. Now, the good thing about it, they don't play until the 27th, which is after Christmas. Um, they got a two-game homestand. A, a week from when we're recording this. Yep. They got a two-game uh, two homestand. They got the Rangers on the 29th, and then they got Oof. Tampa Bay on the 30th. So two back-to-back two games. Two tough games right there. The Rangers are, are, are doing well this year. And yep. Tampa Bay's You know what they are. Yeah, they're, they're not doing as great, but... They're, ta- they're still Tampa they're Bay. Tampa Bay. They're arriving. They're, they're, they're going to give us a, a, a run for our and, money every time. And for that same measure, so are the Rangers. You know, you mentioned that they're a good team. Obviously, they are a good team. But the Panthers, you know, usually have a lot of rivalries in that East Coast matchup, you know, especially against a team from New York like that. Now, the Panthers are still sitting pretty. They're 18-7 and seven with four overtime losses, a total of 40 points. But they're currently sitting third in the East in the conference, and they're still two points behind Tampa Bay and Toronto. Um Sixth in the NHL when it comes to record. They've taken a little bit of a dip. 
I'm wondering if this homestand, this two-game homestand before the new year, is what's going to set them off on another winning streak like they had before, right? Because I feel like they kind of need that in order to get back into that contention where they're one of the best teams in hockey. Right now, they can't really claim that to face. No, they absolutely cannot. It's... um. <clears throat> it's it's been a rough couple of weeks here. I think uh, the, yeah, you know the last the month least. or so, um, and that's and that's considering we got back. Um, what's his face? Um, Alexander. Yeah, uh, Barkov. Yeah, uh, he came back from injury, and you know I thought, hey, we're gonna we're gonna pick up where we left off, but yeah. it, I that think clear injury is really killing us. Uh, that's hurting us right now, man. Defensively, where where it's, it's we're a bit, you know I'm glad you it's good it's good that you pointed that out because I really wasn't even thinking about that. I was putting it more on the goalies, but you're right. More more of the Time is being spent on our side of the ice versus on Absolutely. the other side. We're we're just not doing a good enough job defensively of preventing that you know from from them from getting any looks. Yeah, and it's a numbers game. You give them enough looks, they're gonna make them. They're gonna make them, bro. That's they're all gonna it is. Make them. They're gonna make them. So yeah, the the two tough games. Um, you know, it's not gonna break our season either though if we go out there and lose. But no. we definitely need to bounce back right now. And and those are two two formidable opponents that we need to beat. Honestly, I'm expecting two wins. Right. Time off, you get time to everybody to be home, extra time to get healthy, extra time to get some sessions in, like I was talking about earlier, practice, uh, really game plan and work on some things, maybe study some tape of how you guys have played against the Rangers and Tampa Bay. Obviously, there's enough film on that. And just go out there and win. Find a way to win those two games and, and really end the note, end the season, end the year on a positive note and get ready to start the new year on a, on that same positive note with that momentum. Hopefully, the Panthers can pull it off starting the 29th against the Rangers. So, let's go Panthers. Uh, bro, what a fight this weekend. Oh, my goodness. I'm not being said about it. And we can, we're going to break it down. But ultimately, that was a really good fight, right? Jake, Jake Paul, Paul continues to st- stun the boxing world, dude. Me, No, the world in itself. Because a lot of people are waiting to see this guy's face hit the mat, <laughs> like via knockout. And he keeps doing that exact thing to his opponents. Yo, when, if you guys don't know. Jake Paul was fighting uh, Tyron Woodley for the second time. This was the rematch. Uh, He was supposed to be fighting Tommy Fury, but he he had to pull out because of an injury. And Tyron came in and stepped in last minute. Stepped in last minute. And, you know, they had a rematch. Eight-round fight. Right? And they eventually were going to do it again. This was an eight-round fight. And in the in the first couple of rounds, first three four rounds, you can easily say that Woodley dominated the fight. He looked better. He looked way better than he did in that first round, uh, in that first matchup against Jake. Uh, Jake looked like his he boxing was, looked better. It looked more. It looked looked improved. Jake's looks like a uh, bro, like an amateur boxer almost. Right? He's almost at that level where I can say he's amateur boxer ish because. His physique is getting there. His training is getting there. His footwork is getting there. The way he's throwing his punches and and blocking punches is improving. So you can tell that this dude is putting in the work. Woodley, same thing. Came into the fight, and you can tell off rip, like, all right, this guy's taking it extra serious now because his hands were up. He was moving his head a lot more. He was finding ways to land punches without getting hit, which is different in MMA. MMA, you're, you, sometimes you don't care about getting hit because you know that you can withstand that other person's power. In boxing, it's a little bit different. You always want to avoid getting hit. Now, once the fifth round came about, that's when you saw the momentum kind of change, right? Jake Paul started to land a lot more power punches. Um, I think he actually landed like 39 of them on, on the evening. And they were starting to take a toll on Woodley. And then in that sixth round, you got 
that one shot that Jake Paul was waiting for, where he timed it perfectly. He hit him with the right hook as Willie was trying to take a step or a jab in, and he just freaking destroyed him, turned his neck completely sideways. He slept him. Froze him, hands down, face plant. Tin man. He tin manned him. Yo, people want to say that shit was fake. Let me tell you something. I don't understand that. You cannot fake getting knocked out like that, where your body goes stiff for about 10 seconds on the floor. Dude was having a hard time breathing because you could see his body go <gasps> like big no, time breath. The timing, you know I mean? the timing on the punch and the execution on it, on that it was a right hook, right? Yeah. He just loaded up so effortlessly. It, it looks, it just looked like he was not even putting all of it into it. He no. ju- it just looked like the, the, the technique was so good that he caught him in the right spot and just stunned him, just dropped him straight to the ground. Yeah. Head snap, you know, right down to the ground, and the fight was over instantly. And Jake looked like he had another six rounds in him. Very well conditioned, bro. Very well conditioned. That's why I don't get why people continue to count him out when it comes to these boxing matches. Because the dude is obviously taking this shit serious. He's obviously training day in, day out. He's obviously looking for the best advice, the best trainers. He's obviously putting in the work and the practice time, even when the cameras are not on, in order to become a better fighter because he's found a way to monetize it and make really good money from knocking dudes out. Straight up. And not only making good money, he's also putting on for people. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but the Juliana, the lady who fought on the undercard wearing the Jordan 6s, a lot of people were talking about her. Uh, she's a beast. She's a beast. Great fight. And he signed her. So now this was like her first big fight where she's earning big money. Well, she made a million dollars, supposedly. she made a million dollars, dude. Again, this dude is uh, putting himself all in when it comes to boxing. He's putting himself all in when it comes to the world of boxing. Not only fighting, the promoting, how to settle fights, who to fight, when, where, where, like, who to sign, who not. He's doing it all. You saw him by the reporter at Rolex? Yeah, dude. This dude is (laughs) is crazy. We got to get out there, dog. (laughs) We got to get out there, dog. Yo, Sports with Soso for Jake Paul. We just want to know, can we get the bezzy? Let me get the the bezzy. Two watches. Ice style. Let me get the bust down. It's just the fact that he's able to, again, maximize this opportunity that the boxing world has presented him. And he's killing it right now. He's killing it. People, Kids know him. People want to fight him. People are calling him, ah, I'll kick this guy's ass. Bullshit. You want them payday. A lot of these guys are looking for a payday. People yep. calling him out. They're looking for a payday. They're looking to get back <clears throat> yep. on TV. And he's the one generating that. That's some type of shit that Canelo does. That's some type of shit that Mayweather did. Pacquiao. Big name fighters. This dude is doing things of that nature. Maybe not to that same extent, right, where the money is not Mayweather money or Canelo money or Pacquiao money, but he's starting to get that recognition, and he's starting to build that up. This next, I don't know who's going to fight next, but I'm sure it's going to be entertaining as hell. Well, you saw and his I'm, outfit? And I'm going to be turned, tuned in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to keep tuning in until, until he gets knocked out. We got to keep tuning in. Um, you know, we want to, I think that's why we keep tuning in, because we're waiting for that moment that he does that, get knocked yeah, out finally. For sure. It's like, finally, who's going to do it? You know what I mean? Like, that's what we want to see, who's going to It ain't going to be me. It. But you saw his uh, his clothes that he was wearing when he was it's coming out? It's going to be you. <laughs> Tommy, he was trolling Tommy Fury, <laughs> who couldn't be there. Yeah. This could have been you, Tommy. He had it on his wardrobe. And it was like the role. British flag yeah. or whatever. It's so dope. He's a troll, man. And But again, it smart, works. smart kid, dog. He smart called kid. out three UFC fighters. Beat them all. Well, 
I'm saying no, no. I'm saying well, after wait, this wait. fight, he called. He, he so did. Yeah, they said, who do you want to fight now? He said McGregor. He said Nate Diaz, and well, he also said Masvidal, the homie. Now, I don't know. And Masvidal responded to him. Masvidal smartly said, "Come to the UFC." Yeah, because nobody's gonna go. I mean, he's not. He's not gonna go there, and Masvidal's not gonna go box him. Absolutely, Masvidal's not. not a boxer. No, he's not. He's a brawler. He's a brawler. You know what I mean? Now, if you're talking about a street fight. Hey, that's something different. And I'm not talking about bare knuckle boxing either. I'm talking about a street fight. That's something different. Um, I would give Georgie the edge on that one, obviously, right? But even still, Jake Paul's a big dude, 190 pounds, walking around. I'm sure that guy walks around at 215, 210, easy. Georgie's not that big, maybe. Interesting to think about it. Interesting that those guys are even talking back and forth to each other about a potential fight. Again, that just lets you know how fast... Jake Paul's star is rising, right? Where he's catching up to guys like Masvidal and slowly passing them, right? Well, he'll fuck around and get a shot or get a comment from Usman or Dana White himself says, well, maybe if he wants to get crazy and come to the MMA world, again, just generating that that interest. It would be cool, but I think depends where it's at. If it's obviously an MMA, Georgie's going to kick his ass. There's no doubt about that. If it's boxing, I would definitely give the edge to Jake Paul just on pure knockout power. Oh, of course. Right? What we've seen already. Street fight probably goes to Georgie. But then again, Jake Paul's a big dude. If he grabs him, whatever. It Interesting. But just the fact that he's able to call out people and people respond, yeah. you know, like that, it's crazy. Jake Paul definitely has the world in his hands right now, man. Yeah, man. And, and you know what's funny? Because um, you he did end up calling... Two UFC guys out, which was Askren, Woodley, and gave them both their biggest paydays, knocked them both out. So he's definitely putting, you know, a mark on that UFC world just as well to say, look at me, what I'm doing to your guys. You guys are MMA fans. You guys hate on boxing. I'm over here knocking these fools out. And you guys think that they're badasses. That's kind of crazy. But again, that's just where Jake Paul is taking this whole thing, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's using his leverage to his advantage, man. It's yeah, brilliant. Smart. He's, a, he's very, he's very, very smart, man. Smart. You got to give it to the kid. You got to, you got to, you know, show him some respect at some point after you see everything. But I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that even on a week where the Hurricanes did not play, they still took an L this weekend <laughs> with Frank Gore losing to Darren Williams yeah, in man. one of those undercard fights, which was so weird. <clears throat> boring fight, boring fight, uneventful fight. fight. You know, but they ended up giving the split decision. I think, right? I feel bad for to, Gore to because, Williams. Yeah, the, Williams got the decision. Uh, rightly so he looked the better of the two which is not saying much but it was just funny how many memes instantly came out from that fight in frank gore's face and i feel oh like oh my god that's, that's what the funniest face yeah dude and then that's what kind of like burned me the most I'm like damn frank not you dog they got you homie and you put yourself in that position man you put yourself in that position knowing damn well you're not a fighter and he, darren williams even came out and said it afterwards he's like i'm gonna sit my old ass down I don't know what the hell I was thinking getting in here. Training on shit is great, but once you get hit and the lights are on and your energy starts flowing, that shit becomes a different monster. So yep. people think that that boxing shit is for playing. It's not a game, it bro. It is not a game, okay? Boxing is not a game that you play. That's a thing that you have to live, breathe, and eat, yep. you know? Um, but just real quick, to, to keep it in the world of, of fighting and whatnot, we saw Derek Lewis have a big first-round knockout. Um, he ended up knocking out, what's the dude's name? So- Gakas? Sakas? Yes. Something like that? Yes. <clears throat> Chris, Chris Darus. Darus. Oh, sorry. I don't know. No, who Chris Darus. D-A-U-R-U-S. Something like that. Yeah, okay. Um, Nasty knockout. 
obviously all this dude likes to do is knock people out, Derek Lewis. Um, that was impressive. And, you know, what the f- biggest takeaway from that fight was him saying that he would like a title chance, a title bout, if it's only three rounds. Dalkus. Yeah, that's what it came out of Are you sure? Yeah, it I mean, is. I'm looking at it right now. It's Dalkus. Yeah, <laughs> and, like and we're and we're probably still saying it wrong. Well, yeah, we we are. But the, the point po- is, the dude got knocked out by Derek Lewis, right? And Derek Lewis came out afterwards and said that he'll do a title fight, but only if it's a three round title fight, bro. He ain't got the cardio for a five round fight. I'm like, you lazy, you lazy mother effer. His balls is hot, dog. Yo, that's the last thing to say to Dana to be like, I'll take a shot, but only if it's on my terms, bro. Oh, bro. That's how you get cut. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, especially for a guy like you, you you better. Better be careful with what you say on that mic, man. And that guy usually says some wild shit when he wins. Another interesting fight that happened that on that card was Steven Wonderboy Thompson losing to Belai uh, Muhammad. Muhammad is actually turning into a real contender for oh, that yeah. weight division. And I, him beating Steven and Wonder, Wonderboy Thompson now, I mean. A little bit older, but still technically one of the most gifted fighters in that weight division, right? Because he's still yeah. very technical. But I feel like he's that guy. Like He's like, he's like that. Um, he's no longer you know, ever going to get a, a title shot. He's never going to be a champion or whatever. But right. as long as he's around, he's going to be that, that, that tester they put in front of you, right? Mm. As like that gauge. And I don't know how many more of these fights he's really got in them, bro. I'd probably say like one or two at the most. Because again, like it, it's, it's rough to take a, a five-round loss, right? Like he did against Bilal. That's a three-round loss. That shit sucks because ultimately it drains you and it kills your competitive spirit to know that you got dominated over three rounds. For Muhammad... What a huge fight. People talking about him being a potential uh, uh, contender for the belt somewhere down the next year, right? If Usman continues to defend his title or whatever, Muhammad might be creeping on his way up there to get a shot, which would be crazy. But I really like this kid's game. He's such a good wrestler. He's such a good grappler. Um, and he, he's not afraid to bang like those the rest of those Middle, middle Eastern guys. These guys love to fucking fight when it comes to uh, stand-up. And the fact that they can do all three aspects well, he makes he makes the most sense if he can continue to win mm. big fights, right? Like you said, we need to put another big fight in front of him and say, all right, go get this guy, you know? Go beat a uh, Costa. Go beat a, um, what's this other dude that lost to Usman before? Covington? No, Covington too, uh, but the other Brazilian. Um, Sheesh. Dos, uh, not Dos Santos. No. Uh, Gilbert. Gilbert Burns. Burns, go beat him, right? Go get a victory against one of those guys that we just named and really impress in order to say, hey, in 2022, I deserve a shot against Usman, which would be amazing. You know, it would be amazing. Um, but yeah, man, let's see. That's that's what the fight game has. That was the last UFC card for, for the year. I'm sure we got some bangers coming up in 2022. Um, and, and just like the UFC is leaving 2021 in the past, we got to leave 2021 in the past. Before we get to that. Talk to me. Tiger Woods. Ooh, I knew you were going to bring it up, dog. Charlie Woods. Charlie Woods. I'm done talking about Tiger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come nah, on. Come nah, on. Whoa. Nah, nah, don't, nah. Even, don't even act out like that. I want to see this 12-year-old female <laughs> but, on TV 
<laughs> Before we Killing move on to, to that, the PNC was this weekend. It's basically, um, I don't want to say a father-son golf tournament, but, but it is. for the most part, it is father-son. <laughs> there was a couple female golfers there, Correct. professional ladies golfers that had their father or whatever. Maybe not necessarily their father. It could it's be somebody, way. you know, their son-in-law, your father-in-law that you play with, whatever. But it's a, it's a great family event, and last year was the debut of Charlie Woods yep. with Tiger, um, and they came up short. And then this year, they came up short again by one stroke to the Dailies, John Daly and his son. Yeah, man. They put on a hell of a show on Sunday. And they had some killer-ass outfits, too, man. Oh, yeah, and they look swaggy. And, Swagged and, out. I mean, just just Charlie Woods just keeps getting cooler and cooler, man. People, more was, and more people want to see this kid. The dude was rocking. The kid was rocking the Sunday red with the black pants and the black hat. Just like his dad. You don't get to do that unless you're a Unless you're a baller. Unless you're a baller, don't show up on Sunday with a red shirt. Yeah, dude. He's and walking up and down the fairway with Justin Thomas, yo, you know, one of the top ten in the world. You think you think, you think that Justin Thomas isn't telling him, like, hey, bro, like, Take it easy. keep working, keep <laughs> swinging, keep practicing, and you're going to be out here doing this for the rest of your life and getting paid to do it. Sure. And Charlie's just eating all that up. You know all what I mean? All of it. And... It's hard to be humble when you're Tiger Woods' son, mm-hmm. right? I was, th- I was thinking that. Because your dad's the greatest. You have that expectation of being probably the greatest since him. And everybody knows that you're really good. Because you've been playing golf since you were freaking in. Before you could walk, you were right. hitting a golf club, right. right? So, like, to see this kid, 12 years old, on the tour, uh, in the tournament, right? Playing really well, dog. Like... Not just for a kid his age. No, I mean, he played really, really well. And that combination of the Woods team was just a sight to see. Like, I posted it on Instagram. I was like, yo, that's goals. I want me and my son. Obviously, I'm not a professional golfer, but I want to be able to share that moment where my kid is kicking ass on the golf course. Right. And I'll be like, yo, I made that. <clears throat> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I made that. Boy or girl, I don't care. Right. I made that. Um, and, okay. Charlie became the story of the weekend because of how good he was playing and because of the bravado that he was playing with. Right. Just like seeing a mini tiger. This guy's hitting shots and doing twirls and like... Yep. Uh, Gestures like looking at the Justin Thomas. Like, Yo, this dude's putting. The ball's still rolling a good eight, nine feet away. And he's like, Pops, I got it. Look, check it out. Boom. Boom, there it is. I told you. That's so dope. And it just shows you how good that kid can be. Yeah, you know, and it was just a joy to watch him playing and again, to see him like... Sharing that moment with his dad and, you know, as as a, a guy who has a really close relationship with my father and my father-in-law, like, I see that and I'm like, yo. That's, it's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing and that's what it's about, man. You yeah, know bro. what I mean? That's nah, what it's about. I can't wait. 2030, Charlie's going to be on tour. Sheesh. Tearing it up. It's good. It's going to be It's gonna be fun. But now, every year we have this tournament, the PNC, to look forward to, right? Yeah, and, and look, there were some and other. they're close. They're going to they're gonna win it. Yeah. They're probably going to win it next year. And there were really good teams out there. Vijay uh, Singh and his son yep, played Stuart, really well. Stuart Singh um, and his son or his son-in-law were doing really correct. well most of the tournament. Um, the Dailies, obviously, they did well. They Just, did well. Justin Thomas carried his dad throughout the whole tournament. They finished in third. A really good tournament, really fun tournament yeah, to man. watch, something to enjoy on TV, and really, you know, take in golf in a different venue, in a different light, and it was super dope, man. It was super dope. Loved it. Yeah, Tiger's man. back, baby. He's, Can't wait to see him back. Charlie's here. Forget about Tiger's back. Charlie's nah, here. Tiger, Tiger. We got to get He's that. He's on his way. He's on we his gotta way. We got to get that next major, baby. Yeah, we need that. I'm we on high that. alert right now waiting for the Masters. We need that. We need that. Um, Doggy, let's get into these top five moments, man. Oof. So let's let's preface this. Why are we doing this? We're doing these top five moments, man, because we wanted to share with the people who've supported us, uh, all the followers, all the listeners, all the people leaving comments. Um, 
privately and not privately. Yep. All of you guys, man. We wanted to give you our top five moments to let you know what were some of the biggest things that happened to this show in order to allow us to keep building a show and get, make it even better, right? That's it. Uh, uh, why don't you start off with number one, bro? Because I feel like you're the most proud of it. I'm, I'm like a, the protector of it, but you're the most proud of, of our beautiful, beautiful um, equipment. <clears throat> well, March 29th. I can go back to the date. Sheesh. That we ordered it. Put it on the calendar. Put it on order, March 29th. And no free ads, but, man, shout out to Rode and the Rodecaster, man, for for creating such a beautiful piece of technology to just revolutionize the podcast game. If you're a podcaster or you're an aspiring podcaster or you want to do anything in in that kind of creative space, I mean, you absolutely have to have one of these. It just streamlines everything, makes it so much easier for you. And that's exactly what it did for us. It gave us now the ability to be able to pick this traveling, you know, two-man roadshow up and and go anywhere with it and set up and have conversations that we want to have and share it with everybody versus at the beginning of the year, the first three months of the year. Oh, my God. It was, it, we were, you know, we were dealing, you know, we were like like cavemen dealing with, like, stone tools and stuff like that, right? With, Yo. you know, even though we were using computers and microphones and stuff, it just wasn't the best setup. It was so to, bad. To, it wasn't vertically integrated for us to just kind of streamline everything and get it, you know, from, from our mouths to your ears so easily. And getting the road caster did exactly that for us man so absolutely that was that's one of my my top moments of the year was was getting this bad boy for me too man and i think that's why we put it for as our number one you know again our biggest thing when we started this podcast was like we got to make sure that the quality is what matches our passion and our effort right because the passion and the effort was going to be there it's there one right it's going to we want to do this obviously right it's going to be there always but we need the quality to match that and we struggled at first trying to find the right quality but once we hit on this bad boy man it kind of blew the doors open because it just opened a brand new mansion of possibilities where we can be on the road uh do live events have interviews called in like like host multiple people on on one platform like it's amazing what we've been able to do and it really is all <laughs> thanks to this piece of technology, man. So, Road and the Roadcaster team, you guys killed it. Uh, thank you for providing this because without this, Sports with Sosa wouldn't be as big as it is right now, man. And we definitely enjoy it. Huge, man. Yeah, Huge. man. Let, let's let, go ahead. No, I'm saying, and, and just like you just mentioned, the, the ability to integrate, you know, our interviews with it, whether it's in person or whether it's over the phone. And, you know, that's that's leads perfectly into one of our next moments, you know, even though it's this next moment is a, a collective of moments, um, you know, our interviews that we had this year. Right. Yeah, bro. And there's there's really three interviews to me that stood out over the you know, we shout out to Coach Sib, shout out to, you know, my boy, Jesse. Yes, sir. Um, you know, Sergio guests on the show, Sergio for being on the show. But there's really three guests, three interviews and three guests that really, really stood out to me. So first and foremost, we had the Jaime interview, <clears throat> right? Jaime with Gutierrez, Gutierrez, who covers the FIBA. He was just in Brazil, um, you know, covering that tournament, which was amazing. He was down south at the beach covering the other uh, international tournament where you had teams from the Caribbean and Mexico and and international, like uh, South America, all these teams combining for free on a three-on-three basketball tournament. Jaime really killed it for us because he not only gave us a piece of that FIBO experience, but he also gave us a piece of his heat experience. And, and without that, dude, like, he was our first, like, real call-in interview where we were able to, like, really shoot the shit with somebody who's very knowledgeable, really um, passionate about what they do, and brought us into their world. And 
not only us, but our viewers and our listeners into that world too. And they got to enjoy some of that. Um, with Victor, it was, it was dope because he's home team, man. You yep. know, it's always good to have somebody who's like really home team, highly born, you know, shout out to Vic. And he is able to put us literally in the room when hurricanes things go down, right? Where if you ever need anything hurricanes related, hurricanes baseball, basketball, women's soccer, like women's volleyball, all these great sports that UM is good at. Um, all we have to do is pick up the phone and hit a Vic. And that in itself allows us to have friendlier interviews, more uh, engaging interviews, because not only do we have the vodecaster where we can have them in person and we can call him at any time, but just the access that he gives us to the program is huge. And that was such a huge interview for our listeners to be like, damn, these guys really do know somebody who's on the inside and can really speak about hurricanes with some type of history, with the type of respect and the type of, um, I want to say hope that the, that the program deserves, man. And lastly, Ethan Skolnick, bro, like, come on. Five bro. reasons sports very own. You know what I mean? Like this dude is a legend in, in, Miami sports media um, covered the Heat, covered the Dolphins, Panthers. Now he's on owns his own sports network, covering those same teams that he covered for over 15, 20 years. Our ability to have him on here, thanks to a roadcaster, really allowed us to be more credible in what we're doing, right? Where we're just not just talking to our friends or people who are friendly to us. No, we're trying to get the inside scoop and trying to get to the most knowledgeable people and the people who have the most access in order to bring that to our viewers and our listeners. Ethan was that guy for us, you know, and he really opened a lot of doors for us. Like I said, in the mansion where, man, we just got more followers and we were able to talk about more sports. And now we follow his network and we're getting updates and we see the live updates where we get information for the show. Such a good relationship and foundation that we have with those three guys that are going to be even better in 2022 because we're going to just continue to add to it, man. No, and, and the biggest thing for me with those three gentlemen, man, those three guys, I follow all of them on Instagram and, and social media, and they are nonstop working. Those guys are workaholics. They're always doing something. They're always covering something. They're always at a game or an event or a weigh-in or an interview or media, you know, whatever whatever it is, those guys are always doing something. And the fact that they took time out of their day to yep. join us on our little podcast here that we do, you know, week in and week out because we, we're just, we just enjoy South Florida sports. We enjoy backing our teams and we have opinions on them. We want to talk about them and to have these professionals, right? Because we're yep. just amateurs yeah. in all of this. Those guys but are professionals. To get these professionals, you know, thinkers in this space, to come on and entertain us and, and let us pick their brain for a few moments, man. Huge. That, that's huge for me, man. I, huge. I never thought, you know, at the beginning of the year that, you know, I would say that we were able to do that. And, and here we are. So for sure, we got to build out that for next year. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Bigger and better. Yes. We got to get these guys back on the show too. We will. We definitely will. And we'll add more, more um, distinguished guests, right? As yes. we continue to grow the show. Um, the third moment that we want to bring to you guys is a huge moment for us, which is the YouTube channel, bro. Now that we have these interviews that we've had right and we have them on film and we're able to put them out on a platform we have our youtube channel out now where we have a good amount of subscribers shout out to everybody who subscribed to us if you're not following us and subscribe you know what to do um but now we have a platform where we can put these videos out people are watching them we're they're watching our commentary they're watching us um do the 365 flag football 
And putting these videos out on that YouTube channel has just grown the fan base even more where people who don't necessarily like to just get the audio version, sometimes they like to see what's going on or they like to see the action as they hear it. We're now able to offer that to our listeners and our viewers in the most easiest of ways. Hey, go check us out on YouTube. Such a big platform for us. And it's really going to help us catapult this show to that next level, I feel like, for next year, man. Absolutely. And and with that, I mean, this next moment ties into it was our debut as uh, commentators. commentators and analysts for a live sporting event. Yeah, man. Um, which on YouTube now. You go, go watch. Check those, those check couple them out, out that we did. Um, for for flag football three six five shout out three six five flag football for sure. Um, we did live live commentating and we made a couple of videos around that. That was Covered a ton of fun, dude. Game I mean, for them. It was it was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I can't I can't I can't express how much fun it was. So much so that I was like, damn, I'm, I'm having so much fun talking about this. I want to get in the game now, <laughs> and we and did. We, and we did get in the game for a little bit. And look, we we not only got to do it just one time, we were able to do it multiple times and 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 learn each time and. and figure out ways to do it better, and then ultimately put a product where we feel comfortable and good enough about putting it on YouTube channel saying, hey, guys, go out there and look it out and check it out and make it a really good product. It's really tough or surprising for me to see that now in December, right, when we were starting back in January, and we weren't even close to that level, right? We weren't even thinking on those terms yet, man. And it's crazy how we've been able to expand. So a huge shout-out to Steve at Empire. A huge shout-out to 365 Flag Football. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're going to continue to do things like that in the 2022 year. Oh, yeah. More, where, more live events. We're doing more live events, man. For sure. And, and we know that the people enjoy because, obviously, the views <laughs> and the data shows that. So make sure you guys are go check that out. And speaking of checking that out, one of the... <coughs> Most viewed mm. reels, reels, clips, clips, media outputs, whatever you want to call it, that we had was our fifth moment, which is us saying that Phil Mickelson was washed oh and wasn't going to win. <laughs> we we gotta we gotta bring that back. We gotta repost. Oh, that, that was so classic, dog. I mean, and so <clears> if no you've been shot at winning this tournament, if you've been following <laughs> the show since then, okay, we talk, we're talking about a major championship. This is, yeah, there's four major championships in golf. And, you know, usually the youngest, you know, spry, most talented players are the ones that end up becoming the champions. And you have a 50-year-old Phil Mickelson who going into that week, you know, we talked about him. We mentioned him on the episode that week. And we're like, yeah, Phil's a fan favorite. He'll be there to, you know, say something funny or whatever, or, you know, do some, some media time By the or way, whatever. the tournament but- that he never won. He had one before, that, just that not made, at that course. Not at that course, though. Yeah, that's one of the toughest courses on hey, the PGA you Tour. You got to win there, Pablo. And uh, we flat out, we didn't just bypass it. Said, nah, I don't think Phil will win. We went out of our way. We went out of our way. So we were like, Phil Mickelson zero shot will not win this tournament. If there's one thing that we can bank on, <laughs> it's that Phil will not win. This. Oh my god, it was such a lock, dog. And the worst part about it is that we put that clip out there, and it immediately took off, dog. Bro. Like, 2,000 views within an hour, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, people are seeing this, and we're going to look either really good (laughs) or we're going to look really bad in about three days' time. Uh, And lo and behold, guess who wins the freaking tournament that weekend? Phil Bleepin. Dog, I could, I could. When he won, I te- I never forgot. I texted you yeah, right away. No. I'm like, yo, yo, can you believe this mother just won this tournament, dog? Like, are you kidding me? We gotta, awesome. we gotta go back to last week's episode and like clip it and be like, yo, this did not age awesome. well. So we'll repost that video, man. That Absolutely. was a funny one, but shit, Absolutely. man. I'm glad, I'm glad you did that, man. I'm, I'm, I love all those top moments. Um, 
It's it, been a blast. Dog. It just shows you, bro, how much fun Abe we've had doing the show, how much we enjoy doing it, right? Uh, but just how many different things come out of it, dog, on the random, right? Like all these interviews, machinery, moments, reels, clips that we have, like a bunch of stuff, bro. Even the unedited stuff that you guys don't see. <laughs> Trust me, that hours and hours of worth of content is like pure gold because... There's a lot that goes into this shit that is funny and, you know, a good never time, makes the cut and it never makes the cut. So it's it's good for us to share these type of moments with our viewers and our listeners because they're a part of this too, man. And I'm sure that they laugh out a bunch of the stuff that we say and do, especially when we're wrong, like Phil Mickelson with yeah. the tournaments. Yeah, that's when they're laughing the loudest. Don't for look sure. too forward to that, guys. All right. May not happen as much as it did in 2022 as it did in 2021. All right. I'm lying. It's going to happen a lot in 2022. It's going to happen a lot. Um, it's been a hell of a show. Yeah, bro. It's been a hell of a year, doggy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always a pleasure doing this thing, dog. And oh, yeah. We're just going to keep it rolling and get better and better and, and better, better in 2022. Yeah, bro. We got merch coming. We're going to be working on a studio. Like More yeah. live entertainment. More, more live events. More, events. more YouTube content. Yo, it's 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 going to be a big year for 2022, man. It's, it's going to be happen. a big year for Sports with Soul. So we got to start growing this We couldn't out. have done it without you guys, and we're not going to be able to do it without you guys moving forward. So... Continue to help us grow the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Share, comment, like, subscribe. Um, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Let us know what type of merch you want to see. Let us know what type of merch you don't want to see. All these are things that help us grow the show. Um, like I said, it's been a hell of a 2021. Joel, anything you want to say before we cut it off? I just want to say thank you, everybody that, that sticks with us, that rocks with us every week and listens to us, even if it's for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 seconds, whatever it is, uh, you know, support, it, it, it means the world to us. Uh, we, we do this, you know, we do this because we're passionate about South Florida sports and we, we just want to, uh, you know, kind of put, put our put our take on it, right? Our spit on it. On Miami and, sports, baby. And if you're taking the time to listen to it, you know, that's greatly appreciated. So thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, guys, man. Make sure to continue to share the podcast. All right, subscribe, like, review, share, comment, mm -hmm. follow us on social media. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter because that's where we're going to be coming at you guys pretty soon. Until next year, y'all. Peace. Peace.